Welcome back to another episode of Too Much Pod Tar. As the 30 teams and 30 day, uh, 30 pods continues uh, with the Dodgers. And I have Dodgers fan Kevin Klein on for as a guest as he does his own podcast called The Incline Dodgers. And that's available on Spotify and Apple, Apple Music. I mean, Apple Podcasts. And he also writes for Dodgers Slowdown. So welcome to the show. Kevin. Thank you, Alex. Thank you for having me on. I'm very excited to bring you guys some in-depth Dodgers analysis. Yeah, for sure. So obviously last season was, you know, it was a little bit of a disappointment there at the end. They ended up getting eliminated by the team that ended up winning the winning it all, obviously, the Nationals in the NLDS. So, I mean, after being in two straight World Series, it must have been a pretty a a big letdown. I don't know. You must have been pretty upset about it. Yeah, it was definitely a big disappointment. I mean, the Dodgers had the best record in the National League, set a franchise mark, 106 regular season wins. Game, the series goes to a Game 5. Dodgers are in complete control. They're up 3 nothing, and Dave Roberts makes a very questionable bonehead decision by putting in Clayton Kershaw, and inevitably the Nationals tie the game, and we go on to lose. Yeah, it just I I definitely feel for for you and all Dodgers fans. It just after being after being so close the last two years before that, you know, in the World Series, it just it's gotta suck to be in that situation and then losing those two straight and then not even making it past the first round the next year. It's just I I definitely feel for you and I hope that they can you know end up getting a World Series here sometime soon. Yeah, I mean, it's losing two straight with an asterisk. I don't know if we're going to dive into that later, but the yeah. Dodgers definitely were robbed of that 2017 World Series. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it a lot in this podcast. You can't really say for sure that they would have won either because, you know, it's not going to affect the whole whole series either. So I think the whole thing with them, like people saying, oh, let's give the – Let's take it away from the Astros and give it to the Dodgers. That's just, I don't, that's stupid uh, to me. It's, I don't know what your thoughts on that are on that, but it's just like, you didn't earn it. So why would you even want it? I don't know. I mean, I agree with you in the fact of not giving the World Series to the Dodgers because rightfully so, the Yankees very well could have been the other team in the World Series. Yeah. But at the very least, Manfred had to strip the World Series title from the Astros. I mean, you look at these home road splits in the playoffs. Altuve, 143 average away, 472 at home. Correa, a 211 average on the road. Brian McCann, he hit 037. Alex Bregman, 154. If that's not suggesting they're cheating, then I don't know what is. Yeah, that's the whole situation is like stupid that they like they're giving the the penalty they gave them, they handed down to them is just it's like, why wouldn't you want to cheat to get it then? If it's like, okay, it, who, who doesn't want to, you know, win it fair, unfairly and then you just lose out on, like, you know, draft picks, you know, $5 million. And, uh, I mean, obviously, the, the as far as Hinch and Leno is concerned, it's like, they're, I mean, obviously, I wouldn't want to be them. But if you're just the team, if you're not a player on the team, it's like, okay. This is a, this is all we get is like the players weren't touched at all. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. And the last point I want to make was in 2017, Clayton Kershaw was having the postseason run of a lifetime. He was essentially putting up Madison Bumgarner-esque-like numbers. And unfortunately, in that game five, the Dodgers would lose 13-12. to And had the Astros probably not cheated, Kershaw would have probably pitched a gem and solidified his legacy. Dodgers would have won that series in six. Yeah, it's definitely not good for the game either, the way that the whole thing happened. And I, the other, my other, my last point on this for right now is also going to just be like the way the Astros players seem like they're not accounting, they're not being accountable at all for the way, like whatever, last week at that one event, the Astros player were getting interviewed and they were saying, like, oh, this, like they were saying, oh, I know the one thing that Altuve said is like, oh, we're going to, this year, everybody's, nobody's counting us on going back to the World Series. We're going to go back to the World Series and we're going to prove everyone wrong and he's acting like they're the victims. It's like, you did it to yourself. You didn't, it's not like anybody did it something to you. You did it to yourself. You cheated. You you know, you did what you did. So I don't know why they're acting like they're not in the wrong at all. It doesn't seem like they're accountable. So. Yeah, it's very foolish. And I hope the Astros accidentally punish themselves by hiring Brad Ausmus as their next manager. Oh, that, sh- <laughs> that should be the punishment, honestly. <laughs> I know I know your your Yankees are probably the favorites of the AL, but Dodgers out here on the West Coast, we got some high expectations as well. Yeah. And um, I was just talking about this um well my I write for the scorecard this the one site and we have a group chat. We talk we've been talking like about how the Padres, you know, they I think they're going to be dangerous. I mean, even this year, it's definitely a team you guys got to watch out for. So, wouldn't be surprised if they end up winning the division next year. I wouldn't say this year, but I think they have a really good shot at winning it next year. Yeah, if everything goes right for the Padres in 2020, they should be able to make the wild card. But what one thing I will say about the Padres, they kind of remind me of the Cleveland Browns, and that no matter what they seem to do, they always tend to fail and. With the Padres' current starting staff, I'm not scared of them one bit. Manny Machado proved last season he's a very overrated player. But Tadis Jr., he's the guy that definitely scares me the most. Yeah, definitely. I think the I think Manny Machado is going to have a better season this year, though. I think he'll come out and, you know, be a be a consistent player for them. And I well, the thing with the starting rotation too is they're they're very young. I think like Obviously, they have Mackenzie Gore, the number one pitching prospect in the league as well. So I think definitely when once he's up there and he's on the, their uh, rotation, he'll be they're they have a pretty good rotation once they can once if they actually develop the right way. I think they'll be really solid. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, good left-handed pitchers always seem to be the guys that give the Dodgers lots of fits. So definitely concerned about him. Would love for him to get traded. Yeah. I think he's untouchable, though, so that's probably not going to happen. Yeah. I know they're after Mookie Betts, supposedly. I don't know if they would have to give him up, but that remains to be seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like that would be somebody the Red Sox would want in return just because, like, Mookie Betts is phenomenal. He's Even as a Yankees fan, I have to, you know, respect him. He's, He's a great player, so... Yeah, he was linked. He was linked to the Dodgers, but 
as a trade possibility, but it seems like that's fizzled out. Looks like the Dodgers roster might be set for the 2020 year. Yeah, so given that, let's dive into that roster. You know, they pretty much have this. Yeah, like, like you said, the the roster's set, and that's pretty much the same as last year. You know, so I, I guess we could start by going like kind of around the infield of who their who their uh, roster is going to be. Yeah, so the Dodgers infield is absolutely loaded. Cool. Max Muncie, our first baseman, was just rated by MLB Network as the number two first baseman overall in Major League Baseball. He's projected to hit another 30 home runs, driving probably 90 runs, have a 132 OPS around that range. And then at second base, Gavin Lux should be sliding his way in. He's a He's going to be a rookie eligible. I think he's going to win rookie of the year. Yeah. We only got a little dose of him last season, but he's projected to hit an, around 21 home runs as well, maybe 25 doubles, 70, 80 RBIs around that range. And he's only 22. And then Corey Seager, he put up a really good season last year despite coming off two major surgeries and missing pretty much all of 2018. He's going to be our shortstop. Some people question his defense, but the metrics actually show he's a really good defender. So I'm... Calling a big year for Corey Seager. I'd rather have him over Lindor anyways. And then Justin Turner, he's in the final year of his deal. He's going to be our third baseman. His defense is declining, and Dodgers might be experimenting with some different third basemen along the way this season. And then Will Smith will probably be our catcher opening day. Expect a little regression from him, but he's definitely a power-hitting catcher. Yeah, I agree with all those two, and I think they're gonna. I think with Seager too, I agree with that. He would. He's probably gonna have a good season. I, I especially with all these uh, kind of trade rumors circulating about him being traded for Lindor and stuff. I think he's gonna take that, you know, as motivation and be like, okay, I'm gonna go out and have a really good season. They show them that why they don't need Lindor, <laughs> and they yeah. have, have a good shortstop in me anyway. I agree. I mean. Scott Boris wouldn't be representing him if he didn't think he was a talent. And Dodger fans just have some short tempers sometimes. I mean, he had a very bad NLDS, but when you really look at it, he was facing Strasburg and Scherzer. Those are about yeah. as tough a matchup you're going to get in the first round. So I'm going to cut him some slack. Yeah, that's... So a lot of fans of like all teams have that kind of temper, especially. Well, I have a firsthand with the Yankees fans. The Yankees fans are probably the worst with that. Somebody like even with like Giancarlo Stanton, if he like last year, everybody's saying, "Oh, he's a he's terrible. He's injury prone and all this garbage." And now I think this year he's going to prove everyone wrong and just have a huge season, like forty plus home runs, something like that. So yeah, I could I definitely understand that with. I I always have a little bit of a longer temper than most Yankees fans do. Yeah, he... I mean, the, I'm definitely calling a bounce back year for Stanton as well, and I think Judge puts up more of those rookie type of numbers than last season. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a good season for all the play, all the starters. Yeah, definitely scared of you guys. Yeah. Then we got our outfield, and we can go into that too. It's a might not be as powerful as the Yankees' outfield, but 
It's pretty good. I mean, Cody Bellinger is the reigning NL MVP, also a gold glover now. He's projected to hit another probably 40 home runs, driving 120 runs around that range. And then probably out in left field, Jock Peterson, who he's a platoon hitter. He can't hit lefty to save his life, so that's a little frustrating. But he almost hit like close to, I think he hit like 36 home runs last season. Definitely a power guy. And then one of our catalysts, Alex Verdugo, he's another young guy. His season got cut short last season due to a lingering back injury. He's one of our question marks right now. We don't know how healthy he really is, but Verdugo is a guy who can hit righties and lefties as a left-handed batter, so we really like him. He has a cannon of of an arm as well. And then you got A.J. Pollock. I don't really have many nice things to say about him, but he's there. Right. And he was awful in the NLDS. He struck out like 11 times in 13 at-bats or whatever. Yeah, definitely not good. But what do you think? Uh, do you think Bellinger's going to be able to put up another like MVP type season? Yeah, Bellinger. I think he's going to finish probably in the top five at the very least. I mean, it's a very stacked. The NL is stacked. We have Yelich, who he could be MVP. Right. Ronald Acuna Jr. He's actually my MVP pick right now. But yeah, Bellinger, he's going to do his usual. I don't know if he's going to get to that 40 home run mark. I'd rather him focus more on contact, situational hitting, because that seems to bite him in the postseason. So hopefully he's really working on that. Because that's what really matters to me is more hitting when it matters most, not just going for the home run. Yeah, definitely. So a lot of of guys in this, in the game nowadays, they they go for the home run too much. It's like, just go to play more small ball, get the single, single up the middle or whatever. Yep. On. Yeah. And Cody Bellinger, he really showed those adjustments early on last season. He was hitting like 400 the first month. And then I think it dropped off to like three in the mid threes for a while. And then finally around early September or late August, he finally dipped to like, sub 300 but managed to get it up at the very end so yeah yeah, we we're very fortunate to have a star player like bellinger on our team now yeah definitely and then just going to the uh starting rotation you know you got kershaw bueller uh kenta maeda alex wood and then julio uh, urias is that yeah i think i said that right but it's pretty solid rotation, I would say. Yeah, so probably the um, story that's going to get lost in the shuffle is the Dodgers have a new pitching coach as Rick Honeycutt finally retired. And I have to say I'm very happy about this. They kind of He's kind of like a walking dinosaur in that dugout. He just wasn't really bringing anything to the table. I feel like he really failed with helping Kershaw adapt with his – declining fastball velocity so we got mark Pryor now he was our bullpen coach and i'm sure you know a lot about mark Pryor as well great pitcher before the injuries and he's definitely dealt with some adversity in his career so yeah walker bueller is the ace for sure he should be like a top five cy young candidate if all goes well he's just that good kershaw i guess will be our number two 
continues to decline. But Kershaw is going to still have a really good season. He should have a low three ERA. And then you mentioned um, Urias. We have a lot of young guys since Ryu and Rich Hill left via free agency. So Urias was like our top prized left-handed prospect for a few years. Got set back with an injury. This should be his season now where he finally gets those training wheels taken off. Hopefully we see around 150 innings from him. He's a really good lefty. Some um, allusions to Fernando Valenzuela in a sense. And then Dustin May is the guy we have to talk about. He's really popping in a lot of projection models for this upcoming season. He's really young. I think he's only 22. His fastball and curve spin rate are both like in the top 99th percentile they're just insane the amount of movement on these pitches so if he can really get that control down he's going to be elite and then yeah kenta maeda is a fringe number five starter he has his days where he goes seven innings and looks completely dominant and then he'll have his outings where he goes like three innings and looks like a mess and he always ends up back in the bullpen and then we have some other young guys like Ross Stripling and Tony Gonsolin, they'll be in and out of the rotation. And then we took a flyer and signed both Alex Wood and Jimmy Nelson. So if they can be healthy, they're potential rotation guys as well. So we definitely have the depth there. And, I mean, that's what the Dodgers are going to give you. They're going to give you a very deep rotation with a lot of guys that can go in and out. Yeah, definitely. I think they'll have a solid rotation this year. And, and hopefully, you know, I would like to see Kershaw not choke in the playoffs at some point. Yeah, I mean, Dave Roberts definitely set him up for failure in 2019. It's pretty unfortunate. Yeah, I just, that was just, I don't know what he was thinking there with that move at all. I don't. He wasn't thinking. That was the yeah, issue. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Joe Kelly out there. Like, I don't know. Yeah, anybody. It just it didn't make sense. Pretty much every Dodgers fan felt it didn't make sense, and apparently the guy in charge was the only one who felt it was the right move. Very weird. Yeah. He never he never admitted he never admitted his faults. He just brushed it under the rug, basically. Yeah, that's why I was kind of surprised that they kept him. I thought they were going to fire him after that series. Yeah. I'm not a big Dave Roberts guy, and he has to go if he fails like that again in 2020. Yeah. The patience is just wearing thin. We're, we're so close, yet so far, it seems. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to, you know, even as some, t- some Yankees fans, like, hate the Dodgers, but, like, even, like, they haven't won in so long. I would like to see them at least win one. After getting so close all these years, it's just got to be so frustrating. Definitely. And, you know, we were very close to signing Garrett Cole. We offered him eight Mm -hmm. years, $300 million, and he's going to the New York Yankees. So, very interesting to see if we get a Bueller-Garrett Cole type of Game 1 World Series matchup. It'd be exciting. That would be, yeah, that would be really good. And then, I don't know, are you guys pretty high on Severino for this upcoming season? Yeah, I, th- I think he's going to be good this year. I, I know he's, he's always been 
kind of our supposed to be our ace, but then, you know, he got injured and he wasn't able to get to that level at really. And then I think it's a number two or a three. I think he's going to be really solid because I think Tanaka could be number two, maybe potentially Tanaka. And then you got, yeah, we got Paxton, Paxton pretty it's deep. Be, it's going to be really solid rotation this year. Cause I think even Hap as a number five could end up being really good. I think I think he just had too much pressure on him as like a number four or three. So, yeah, the Yankees seem like they were lacking some big arms in that rotation, and they finally have it. Very yeah. deep five man. So it's going to be a battle. No regular season matchup of the Dodgers and Yankees this year. Uh-huh. I know we had it last season, and it went the Yankees' way. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then if you want me to just cover the bullpen real quick we, there's not many changes but we did sign Blake Trinan and I, mm-hmm. I'm excited about that move he's going to be a really good setup guy yeah that was definitely a good move I like that move I he was on the A's last year right I believe right. yeah yeah he was he was really solid last year on the A's so should definitely Help out that bullpen. I, they still have, you know, Joe Kelly. I don't. I I never really liked Joe Kelly. I think he's he even on the Red Sox. He was not. The, I don't think he was that good to be honest. Yeah, Joe Kelly is a roller coaster ride for sure. I was never big on his signing. They just gave him all that money off of a couple of good playoff series. Guy barely made the postseason roster to begin with. We'll see what Joe Kelly can do. He has a very good fastball. I'll give him that. And then some other guys in our bullpen. Kenley Jansen will be the closer to start the season. Pedro Baez, another right-handed arm. He's okay. He's Sometimes he gets crushed in the big moments, but other times he comes through. Then we have a few lefties. Caleb Ferguson, Adam Kalerik, Scott Alexander. None of them have proved to be that dominant. So it'll be very interesting to see if any of them can set, can step it up in 2020. And other than that, just some other guys who are going to go back and forth between AAA and the majors, like Dylan Floro and maybe Dennis Santana. Yeah. Another thoughts on like Joe Kelly too. I think, he can potentially maybe be better in like not when he's not a setup guy. I think maybe if he's more of like a seven or six inning guy, he would be better suited for that. Like I don't definitely don't think he's suited for the setup role because he's yeah. So I think if a different when he's in a different role with now Blake Trinan as the setup, I think he'll be. I think he can perform better. Yep, that's what happened last season. He was first in line to be a setup guy, and he got absolutely crushed every time out then they demoted him to lower leverage situations and he was able to pitch very fine he actually lowered his era at one point it felt like it was in the tens and he dropped it down to i believe the high four so we'll see what he does he's a very inconsistent player that's for sure but usually the bullpen is not the weak it is not the weakness for the dodgers come playoff time Last season was kind of a fluke. Mm-hmm. You can throw Kenta Maeda into the bullpen. He's proven to be very solid. 
And then Ross Stripling and Tony Gonsolin are two guys that could end up in the bullpen. And we'll see about Urias. If he can't handle being a starter, then they'll throw him in the bullpen. And he's pretty solid. Yeah, you guys definitely have, like, the talent to, you know, get back there, get back to the World Series. Just got to put it all together for for the playoff run. Yeah, it's going to be a very long regular season because there's, I'm going to be quite honest, there's really no competition in the NL West. Dodgers are going to clinch it by early September. At the very best, I think the Padres win maybe 85 games, but the Dodgers are going to win high 90s, if not 100. And then the Arizona Diamondbacks are another team that I think will be in the mix as well, but another probably 85 to 88 wins at the very most. And then the Rockies and the Giants, they just suck, so I'm not worried about them. Yeah. I kind of feel bad for Rockies and Giants fans entering this season because there's just really no hope for them. Yeah, especially if the Rockies trade Arenado, they're going to... The Rockies should absolutely trade Nolan Arenado if it means they're going to acquire two or three good arms because their pitching is atrocious. Yeah, they they definitely need some pitching for sure. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> like they don't even have they don't even have five guys who I think are major league starters at this point in time. It's just that bad, and their bullpen another hot mess. Uh, it's, they have to score 10 runs a night if they want to be in the race. Exactly. But, yeah, that's – I agree with you with that. With the Dodgers probably clinching in September. I, and as I said earlier, I think the Padres have a chance to, you know, be in the running for wild card and potentially win, maybe win the division – you know, next year or the year after, but not this year. I do. Yeah, I agree with you. They're probably winning 85, around 85 games. I think yeah. I, I probably put 90 as their ceiling. I think they have a chance to win 90 games if they put it all together. Yeah. Everything would have to go right. Yeah. The Padres, Chris Paddock really showed some really um, strong strides last season as a rookie. So I like him. Yeah. But they traded their Dodger killer. And I don't feel like enough people realize this. They traded Eric Lauer to the Brewers, and he never lost a game to the Dodgers. Wow. For Zach Davies. And Zach Davies is the type of pitcher the Dodgers feast off of. So, Yeah, I was kind of surprised they traded Lauer. I was pretty high on him. I thought they would have kept him. But it's weird, kind of a weird trade, so I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if we've talked to Atlanta Braves people yet or Philadelphia Phillies um, or Cincinnati Reds or Cardinals, but those are really the teams I have my eye out on. I think they're, those are all our biggest competitors right now. Yeah, I agree with that. <clears throat> I feel, I think Phillies right now is actually like – that's my pick for the NLCS right now would be Phillies-Dodgers. Yeah, I could definitely see it. The Phillies, 
They have a really strong team on paper. Mm-hmm. They've been snake bitten by injuries kind of the last couple of years. But Joe Girardi, I mean, with him as their manager, it's a really high upside. He's a really good manager. I know the Yankees let him go, but and it made sense at the time. But he's going to definitely find some success in Philadelphia. I really like the Wheeler signing. And, I mean, of course, they got Bryce Harper, who – I don't feel like is overrated in my opinion. He's properly rated. Yeah, he's gonna. I think he's gonna have a really good season this year. Like yeah. last year, last year wasn't even terrible. A lot of people were saying, "Oh, he had a terrible season," but it wasn't that bad, really. If you look at the numbers. Yeah, you're right. Bryce Harper. He always gets on base. He's gonna post like that. Close to 400. At, Last season, he didn't get there, but usually he's around that 400 on base. Yeah. And he had 35 home runs and a, over 110 RBIs, so I'll take that. Yeah. Definitely over A.J. Pollock, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, the Phillies, I think they're they're going to be really good. I think Bryce, I think Harper ends up having, a, like, an MVP-type season. I think he'll be in the running for that, too. Maybe top five for the MVP. I can see it. Like he, I think he just needed to get adjusted to Philadelphia too. I think his second season, he's just gonna return to like his first few seasons there, where he just had massive numbers. Yeah. One of the first interviews Bryce Harper gave was he was gonna bring a championship to DC, and <laughs> I guess he did his job. Yeah. They won, so maybe he's gonna bring a title to Philadelphia soon. Yeah, I could see it. But. Yeah, I like. I really like. I've always liked uh, Joe Girardi too. When he was on with the Yankees, he was he was really good. So, yeah, great manager. Would have loved to see him in Dodger blue, but can't happen right now. And that's just the way it is. Yeah, I bet the Mets are kicking themselves for not hiring him. <laughs> now they had to deal with all this mess. Yeah, I mean. Since you are a Yankees fan, you probably see a lot of Mets media due to just obvious reasons. And just from my perspective, there's one team that I'm always so low on. It's the Mets. I just never understand what they're doing. I think they're a very poorly run franchise. They try to act like a small market team in a in the biggest city in America, and I don't get it. They have plenty of fans that are willing to spend money, yet they want us all to feel sorry for them, and I'm just not buying it because the Mets, they're a sad organization. Yeah, I have a couple. I have a few uh, Mets Mets uh, fan friends. Uh, they're all like, it seems like every year they're like, oh, we're going to be good this year. It's And then, nope, I'm just going to, like, flop. <laughs> yeah. I mean... The way they just assemble their lineup, just it doesn't make much sense. Trading for Robinson Cano was just kind of foolish. Yeah, that was that was really stupid. That trade looks so dumb now. Well, I mean Diaz, he had his bad bad games last year, but he wasn't overall. I don't think he was that bad, but still, even so, it's not. He's that was a terrible trade because now you know Jared Kalenic. Is a stu- is going to be a stud in Seattle, and uh, who was the other guy they got? I forget who the heck they got. 
Oh, he's a, I think he was a pit, another pitcher they got. So, and then he's going to be really good. So, got it. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, yeah, I don't know what where the Mariners' future lies, but I'm sure they're going to see a lot of benefits from that trade. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, other than that, I think I pretty much gave you the summary of the Dodgers. You know. High expectations, going to win close to 100 games. Hopefully we get out of the first round this season. I think we're going to end up facing the Braves in the NLCS. That's just my kind of gut call. I think the Braves have put together a really strong team. But you never know. It's all about momentum. Just getting hot in the second half and anything can happen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can see the Braves as well. There's going to be a lot of good teams. The National League is seems like a, there's a lot more teams in the National League that are good. With the, Like the AL, there's just a few juggernauts, but the National League, it seems like almost every team is going to be in contention. Yeah, it's really weird how that's really shifted. To me, I look at the AL and I just see the Yankees and then everybody else. When in years past, I felt like it was a lot more balanced, but with Boston low on themselves and Houston in their mess... I just, I don't know. I just, I just see the Yankees. Yeah. And I, I actually said this before. I think the Astros are going to miss the playoffs. That's kind of a hot take, but. Oh, I'm right there with you. And it's going to prove to the world if they already had doubts that the Astros really benefited from cheating at home. I think they're going to, I don't even think they're going to win 90 games. Mm. I'm really high on the Oakland Athletics and Angels for this upcoming season. Yeah, I could see the Angels. I could see either one of those winning the division. Angels are still kind of questionable with their pitching, but I, th- I think they can put a good season together, especially with Rendon at third. I, that's a really good addition. So. Yeah, absolutely. And then Joe Madden, he's going to add a few wins as well, just with his presence. Great manager. Yeah, definitely. And I, I really hope Trout can get some. Playoff magic because I I hate saying the best player in the world not have any only have one playoff appearance so far. Yeah, it's very true. That was in twenty fourteen. Now that's a long time ago. Yeah. And then, you know, if he ends up not doing anything in the playoffs, people are going to be questioning that. It's like, it's not him; it's the team. So it's like, but people are still going to be questioning when he you know is up for the Hall of Fame. He'll they'll be like. Well, he never did anything in the playoffs. He never got – he never – Yes. But it's like it's his team, not him. It's best player in the world, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, this is kind of a really off-the-wall take, but if I was hypothetically allowed to vote in the Hall of Fame and Mike Trout was up there and he only had like a couple playoff series where he didn't do anything, I would probably be that guy to prevent him from being 100% just because to me, a full baseball player, you got to demonstrate – that you can hit when it really matters too. Yeah, but I mean, if you don't ever get the chance, it's not really your. It's not you can't blame him for it. Very true, but he's also just posting numbers in meaningless situations, which don't know if that's a benefit or or what. But I would like to see the Angels put together a couple good teams around him, just so. We- well, we could really see what he's like with the spotlight truly on. Yeah. 
But yeah, Mike Trout, definitely the best player of our generation, no doubt. Yeah. And then it's just so sad too that he's he's the best player of this generation and I I could even argue he by the time he retires he can be in the conversation for greatest of all time. But he's no one knows who he, if somebody walked up to him on the street, nobody would know who he is because baseball is just not in the spotlight like every other sport is. Like it's just saddening. As a yes, baseball, as a huge baseball fan. I, it's just so saddening to see that, like people, football players, like they, they play with with helmets on, and somebody sees them and they're like, "Oh shit, it's you know, Tom Brady, or whatever, it's Patrick Mahomes." And then you see it's Mike Trout in L.A., and then nobody even like says anything to him. You can just go to whatever. He could go to like a cafe nearby and just. Nobody even say anything. Yeah, the marketing for baseball is pretty sad. It's no football, like you just said, or even the NBA for that matter. Guys like Clayton Kershaw, Mike Trout, even Aaron Judge, like they should be just plastered all over the place so that just general sports fans really know who they are and how talented they are to that sport. Yeah, exactly. They gotta do something to fix this. Like they had that whole like the marketing thing with let the kids play last year, and then they were like suspending players for throwing their throwing their bats or whatever. It's yeah. Like, what the hell? If you're letting the kids play, why are you getting mad because they threw a bat because they were excited? That's Rob Manfred for you. Just very yeah. sad commissioner. But I don't have to get into that. Yeah, that's a completely different conversation. <laughs> but Clayton Kershaw, very curious to see where he ends up in terms of voting for that Hall of Fame ballot. He could be 100%. I mean, he should be, but I wouldn't be shocked if he gets snubbed a few votes. Yeah, I could definitely. I don't think he'll be unanimous. Right. He's... A lot of people are going to be looking at the playoff numbers and saying he's not he's not good in the playoffs, and then that'll be like their that'll be the reason. Well, actually, honestly, I would probably be the one of those guys that wouldn't vote for him because of that. Yeah, even though he pitched seven innings with one run given up in a World Series game, but yeah, I, I know where you're coming from because I see it online like every day. Yeah, but yeah. he's definitely a Hall of Famer. They can't argue that. Yeah. I mean, Justin Verlander is his closest competition in terms of pitcher of the decade, and that guy gets torched every time he's in the World Series. So, yeah. You just can't win. No matter who it is, it's always an obscure guy that comes through. Strasburg definitely earned that money. I would have paid him for sure. Right. Great, great hero for taking down those cheating Astros. Yeah, that was awesome to see that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all right. Um, Very exciting season up ahead. Dodgers-Yankees is my World Series pick. Just going to say that now. So maybe we'll be talking again in the fall. Right, yeah. 
you know, if that ends up being the World Series, we could do. You can come on the show for like our World Series preview show, or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be fun. Yeah, and I'll be talking about you guys as well on my podcast, The Incline. You can find that pretty much anywhere, like Alex said earlier. And yeah, I write for Dodgers Lowdown. Follow me on Twitter at Klein25. All my hot takes, you'll find them there. Maybe some good takes as well, like Zion Williamson is the best basketball player of his draft class. I don't think that's crazy to say. Yeah, I can't argue that. <laughs> well, how about his debut? His debut was insane. <laughs> Absolutely. He is exciting to watch. Yeah. Oh, yeah, with your podcast, I'd be down to come on the show if you need some, if you need a guest or whatever for, for any episodes. Yeah, absolutely. Always looking for baseball fans. We we do a good job of just stating objective facts and getting all the important stats out there. So, yeah. if there's Dodgers fans listening to this, check it out. You probably already follow me on Twitter. Who knows? But, yeah, it's exciting 2020 ahead, a new decade. We'll see which team takes the crown of that team. I my gut tells me the Yankees are going to win at least two this decade, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah, I hope I would love that if they won two at least. <laughs> they haven't won in ten years, so it's been it's been a drought for the Yankees. That's a Yankees drought. That's what. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> other teams, yeah, exactly. It's like twenty years, but the Yankees is ten, is only ten. The two franchises that you always expect to see winning trip. Winning trophies is the Yankees for baseball and the Lakers for basketball. And both teams are definitely due. Yeah, I'm actually a Lakers fan too. So hopefully this year, I hope they win this year. Yeah, they should. Well, I'm not going to say they should, but they they should be in the mix. Yeah. It's going to be tough with the Clippers. Clippers are pretty strong this year. So yeah, they've they already lost to them twice, but I mean, Seven-game series is different, but we'll see what happens. Absolutely, yeah. Can't take the Clippers lightly. Uh, so, course. yeah, I, I appreciate you having me on the show, and I'll take any last questions. Uh, just last question. Um, just, like, kind of just record prediction. Like, what's what you think the, the record's going to be? I'm going to say the Dodgers win – 99 games so that would be what 99 and 63 they're gonna finish second in the national league this season mm, okay so they'll play the three seed yeah right now i would say that's the cincinnati red cincinnati reds believe it or not so dodgers yeah. reds nlds yeah, yankees, I, could, I could see that yeah. and then yeah yankees are gonna have over 100 wins so they'll have home field advantage Yeah, that's a solid prediction. I think they're. I think that's probably around the same same record. I'd predict probably ninety nine, maybe a hundred hundred wins. Yeah, but I could see the Reds. I, I think my the Reds are actually my prediction to win win the division. So I could see that too. Yeah, the Reds are not getting a lot of attention, and I think. People will catch on as spring training really gets rolling. Yeah, I'm excited for the season. So, yeah, yes. thanks for coming on the show, and 
looking forward to potentially having some Yankees Dodgers World Series. Thank you very much. Yeah, I had a good time. Good talk. Love yeah. baseball. I can already feel the Dodgers Yankees rivalry heating up again. It's oh yeah, the, old, the classic rivalry right there. Yeah, I, I would hope so. I think maybe this decade would be that that'll be the it'll be the year of this rivalry. Maybe. Yeah, it'd be awesome. But we'll see. So, yeah, that's that was another episode of Too Much Pod Tar as we went over the Dodgers season this year and uh series will continue be continuing up until, you know, spring training. And as we get excited for the season, so keep an eye out for all those episodes. Make sure you look at, check out all the other episodes we've come out with on any podcast pr- platform. So definitely check that out and check out our DFS pod coming up. During the season, we'll be doing daily episodes for fantasy, daily fantasy baseball. That'll be exciting to do. And any articles on the scorecard as well as we come out with previews for the season. So check those out. And just a reminder, you can never have too much pod tar.